0: Welcome back to Lifting the Lid on the official Emirates FA Cup podcast. It's a huge episode this week, a real giant of the game, in more ways than one. It's the big man. We've got Peter Crouch. Crouchy is a hilarious and delightful man, as well as a true legend of the game. He's played for England, he's played in a Champions League final, and he even has an FA Cup winner's medal to his name to boot. In this episode, we're discussing pressure. And Crouchy knows a thing or two about pressure, having played in some of the biggest derbies around. Merseyside, South Coast, North London, Second City, and that's without even mentioning Liverpool versus Man United. But also the pressure of being the big man, and not looking like any other footballer out there. It's a predictably wonderful conversation, and he really goes deep and opens up to us. So, strap in, and here's Tubes and Sids with the interview.
1: Sid, how are we? Very good, mate. How are you? I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. We are back. Uh, another episode of Lifting the Lid. Yep. And uh, we've got a good one today. Who have we got on? It's huge. It's massive. It is literally huge. Gigantic. This
2: fella is a fan's favourite. He's a national treasure. He's played for one of the biggest clubs in world football. Yep. World Cups, Champions League finals. And not only that, he's on FA Cup winners' medal. He's done a lot, eh? It's the one and only Peter Crouch.
1: (laughs) Oh, what a legend. Go on, Crouchy! We love (laughs) Crouchy. We love the big man. What are we talking to the big man about? We are talking pressure
2: today. Pressure. Someone, again, that's played all these uh, tournaments, this, the, the club football, and dealing with that probably stigma that's gone around with being the big man. You know, good touch for a big man. Uh, we're going youth team days, we're going throughout his career. We are not just scratching the surface. We're going to go deep We in. are
1: going in, yeah? We're going in. Right, let's get him out. Get Crouchy! Out. Crouchy, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad, not bad at all. Uh, obviously, FA Cup. Mm. Uh, we're going to go into the 2006 final in a bit. But what are your memories of the FA Cup growing up? Um, well, it was the biggest. It was the biggest
3: tournament around when I was growing up. I, I grew up in Wem- Wembley. Now I could see the, you know, the, the twin towers. It was back then uh, mm. from my mate's bedroom window. We used to go up and have a look at it. So getting to Wembley, you know, the FA Cup was. It was what it was all about. I mean, you know, the Champions League, the European Cup was 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 huge. But but growing up as a young boy, sort of definitely in this area, the FA Cup was the one you wanted to win. So, you know, eventually when I got there, it was uh, it was a special moment and something that will live with me forever. You know.
1: And when I when you were in the garden as a youngster, pretending you've won the FA Cup or scoring the winning Mm. goal in the FA Cup final, what player were you?
3: Um. Gaza was I oh, was probably Gaza oh. because it, sort of you know, those early uh, you know like early on the nineteen ninety World Cup was my introduction really into I oh, was nine years old you know that's when you probably love football more than anything you know you just take in everything you you can watch Gaza was i think he was at Spurs at the time um you know not the world Cup he was a, a genius, so I always wanted to emulate Gazza.
2: we talk about growing up and FA Cup memories and being in the garden and a growing up not far away from Wembley. Mm. Did you ever think that one day you'd be doing the old... <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Rod <Rudd> Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, a food, hey, talking about time. pressure. <laughs> do, I, 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 honest truth, I don't think I've ever felt more pressure than that moment because in a bizarre way, uh, with, with obviously the, the podcast I do, they would, the boys would never have let me live it down if I did not go... <laughs> Full Rod Stewart on the draw, and um, I was thinking. And, and obviously, you don't realise it's a it's a huge yeah. it's a huge thing. You know, you're sending teams down to to play. You've got so many, a lot of fans, sort of, you know, wanting a good draw. So a lot, I had some of the old clubs that wanted good draws as yeah. well. You know, and I'm uh, I'm doing I'm doing the balls, and and obviously there was security that bring the cup in, so they're watching me. And then there was um, obviously pe- people just to monitor the draw, writing everything down. There was a lot of you know, people from BT Sports you know, just checking things over. And I haven't told anyone that I'm going full Rod Stewart. <laughs> 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 I'm thinking, you know, so I got, you know, I, I just I thought to myself, you know what, I've got to do it. And uh, I was so nervous, but I, I just got it out of the way with the first ball. But...
1: When you go in, are you literally shaking? I was nervous. Yeah, because are you nervous
3: like, drop are you, what, you yeah. know, like, just dropping the balls. Did you have rehearsals?
1: Well, at well, was I it was just
3: nervous like... about doing the Rod Stewart number one, but I was also <laughs> nervous about um, you know the the ball. The, yeah, you have to do a rehearsal, and uh, you know if you get a, you know a, one ball comes stray or loose on the floor, you've got to redo the whole <laughs> thing. And I'm thinking live on telly. Live on telly. After the Rod Stewart you know, people are going to think I'm messing about, you know, and I thought, I, I needed to get the balls right, definitely, you know, but I felt a lot of pressure, I did.
2: It's a, it's a number six, that, that's a number number nine.
3: <laughs> I was <laughs> worried, I was worried about it. Um, and also, you know, we drew, I think I, I drew Liverpool at yeah. Man yeah. And uh, which was obviously not great for the Liverpool fans. <laughs> I could feel my phone buzzing in my pocket. <laughs> you. Like, honestly, yeah, and I knew the first three people would, I knew exactly who they'd be, yeah. and one of them was Ab's dad. <laughs> <laughs> And for sure enough, he uh, did it calling me all the names under the sun <laughs> for the draw. But um, in rehearsal, I drew out City United.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, which was obviously Manchester derby. Wow. Um, should have been better for Liverpool, but all those things.
1: Next time you go on, please, can you get one of the balls out and then drop it, do a couple of kick yeah. <laughs> right, and then bring right. it back up? <laughs> right, yeah, talk
3: about pressure. Like, someone does that. Yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be awesome, would Some ability wow. to do that.
1: But talking about pressure, um, as a youngster coming through, how much pressure was on you? Did you feel? Um,
3: well, as a, as a youngster coming through, I, I don't think you, you play without pressure. Don't you? you play without fear? Really? I think that's certainly what I did. It was just, you're only playing for enjoyment. I had no, you know, I had dreams of being a footballer, but I, I didn't think that for, for one moment like, I'd achieved them. You know, I, I always thought I'm playing for the fun of it. You know, so you played carefree, and that's sometimes the best. The best times of your life mm. really in many ways I think it's, it's, it's just you're playing without any fear without any pressure you're playing you know with so much enjoyment and I think only when you get older and you realise you've got a chance of making it or you know you're playing in big games that all the outside influences and the pressure sort of comes but, but those those times as a kid were the best. Did you feel like you had to prove yourself
2: from an early age just, just purely mm. based on like your size and mm. you know when, the, the perception that you'd have had people would have thought yeah, you know, just mm. a big man, but mm. like I've played with you, ridiculous feet. What mm. you can do with a ball as well. So, did you think at the very, very start, mm. it
3: was? I'm not. Listen, I'm not just someone, I'm just a target man up top. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was it. I mean, like I said, I grew up with watching Paul Gascoigne. You know, or uh, flair players. You know, I used to watch Italian football like with Zialli, Zola. You know, Mancini like. I always wanted to emulate those kinds of players and um, you know, I wasn't looking at target men and trying to hold the ball up or yeah. win headers, yeah. do you know what I mean? It was all about, so I just grew up with the, the technical side of the game. Um, and, and I think certainly early on in my career, people judged me straight away because of, of my height and uh, a lot of the mums and dads, because you're only, you're only judged by height age-wise, aren't you? Yeah. There's no facial hairs, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, no one's got you know huge, but I, I was just so much taller than everyone else. All the mums and dads used to say, oh yeah, he's, he's scoring. I was scoring goals for fun. Yeah. He's scoring goals, yeah, but he's two years older, you know, and all
1: this and that. You, you must
2: have got classed as a ringer the yeah, early days. Honestly, yeah, it was. Under 16s playing under 13s. Realised yeah. they put in another ring. That yeah, he's, he's
1: not that age, sort of thing. Honestly, yeah. Really? When
3: I when I scored, you know, a few goals and you know, I was always sort of, oh yeah, but he's he's older and stuff. And The other kids will catch up and what have you. No one ever did catch up.
0: He's <laughs> <Just> kept going.
3: <laughs> no, no one ever did. But um, no, it was you know that 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 sort of and that stigma sort of followed me around until people realised that I could play. I, I felt in every single match school games, district games, county games, even when I got to, to Tottenham as a young player, every game I played in with England Trials at Lillishaw, um, I always felt that I had to prove myself more than other people because mm. I was instantly recognisable. It was like, hold oh, on yeah. a minute, you know, what's this? Did, that help, did that help you though? And, yeah. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it did. No, I think it, I think it hindered me a bit because um, yeah, I was, uh, you know, people would go, you know, look, look at him. But then I've always thought there was a stigma of, like, I couldn't play. And if I did play badly, it, it would be like, oh, you know, mm. that, that's, he can't play. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to f- constantly be switched on for every single match because I didn't want one person to be able to go home and go, oh, you know, he can't, he can't play, he's just there because he's a big tall lump. Um, so, yeah, I did, that was that kind of pressure was, was when I, when I started wanting to make
1: it as a footballer, you know that followed me around and it never left me really. No. And at Spurs, is that when you got there? Was that when the pressure started? Thinking, mm. you know, I could be a, you know, I could be a pro here. Yeah,
3: well, that was when I, I had the sort of inkling that, um, you know, I could make it. And I realised I was holding my own against, you know, sort of the best, the best kids from, from certainly from North London, but from from all over. And um, yeah, I realised that I, I had a chance. And my dad realised I had a chance, really. So, he, you know, he put a bit. More pressure on me because he realised that I had an opportunity to make a success of or make a career out of it. I didn't know what kind of career. You know, I had no idea that you know I'd be sitting here at Wembley saying I played here. But I, at that time, I thought if I play in the Championship or League One, I'll be, I'll be happy with that. So if I make a career out of football, mm-hmm. I'll be happy. And um, but then obviously you just you don't know. And then the more you sort of go up and the more confidence you get, then you, you, you're always for the next target, aren't you? Maybe. It's interesting you say that because.
2: It obviously got to a spell where, when you was at Spurs,
3: mm. you couldn't
2: see no, a, a pathway no. getting in because they mm. obviously they was so good and the strikers that was there then. So was it hard to leave to then go to a QPR? Mm.
3: Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, that, like I said, I mean certainly at Tottenham, I, I think sometimes young players get caught up a little bit nowadays. With you're at Tottenham or you're at Manchester United or you're at Man City, you're not, near, you're not at all because you're nowhere near the first team. You know, you can say yeah, you might wear that badge on a Saturday morning, but. I, I, I sort of knew that early on. I thought, I'm not a Tottenham player. I was playing with the reserves, and you know, I might train with the first team the odd, the odd day, but I never really felt like I was going to break through there. When you did play with the first team, though, mm. like, did you think, I can get to this level? I, th- I, felt, I felt, yeah, I did feel technically-wise, yeah. but I felt like my body was holding me back. Um, I felt technique-wise I was comfortable mm. you know, in all the drills and you know, certainly finishing or anything sort of unopposed. Right. But at the moment, I I went up against Sol Campbell, or Ramon Vega with the centre-halves in those days, um, trying to think who else was, was centre-half. But, um, you know, as soon as we went into a match situation, I wasn't strong enough, you know, at oh. like 17, 16, 17. I'll tell you now, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't ready to, for the Premier League until yeah. I was 23, 24. Wow. Um, because my, my, I, was, I, was, I just grew so fast. <laughs> yeah. And my, my body didn't catch up, and listen, I'm you know I'm not a unit now. <laughs> you know I mean? but, <laughs> let's be honest. But show me the I, whole I, thing. You know, yeah, like, you know, but I managed to, I managed to work out sort of how to hold people off and how to, you know, manage the game or you know how to go up against big strong defenders and, and, and come out on top. I, I, you know, I've I worked out ways around it and stuff. Um, so yeah, it was, I, I mean, it was a difficult time, but I felt for me leaving Tottenham. To go to QPR bizarrely was a step up, because yeah you can I was playing at St Albans on a Tuesday night and you know that's not yeah. a step up is playing yeah. Championship football at QPR yeah. you know so you can say you can, there's two ways of looking at it you can go as a step down you're at a Premier League club or or you can go well actually you're playing at St Albans every week you're not yeah. playing at Tottenham you're not really there you're you know just sort of making up the numbers really and I thought I went there. And I, I, and I could make a name for myself and that was the, that was the best thing I ever did. So, so before, before QPR, you are at Spurs,
2: youth team days, you speak to any pro, we come through the same kind of generation, mm. you speak to any pro that's either been at the top level or had an unbelievable career or been in league one, they'll always say that the youth team days were the best days right. of their careers. But it was quite toxic. It's a toxic environment, football, especially in dressing rooms, even at sort of youth team mm. days, wasn't it, back then? Did you feel pressure within, you know, that ego sort mm. of dressing room, even at a, a youth team yeah. sort of environment?
3: Yeah, 100%. I think it's a difficult. Um, we, we probably came through the sort of last year of the YCS boys, really, and, uh, you know, now it's obviously academies they get a good education um, and yeah. they probably don't do as many jobs they get well looked after um it, it, it was definitely it's definitely easier now for them to in, in the academies and if might i it's and much better but in, in many ways the some of the grounding we had in, the, in when we came through was quite good you know obviously the jobs and the cleaning boots but sort of the management and the the the, the staff could be could be really harsh if I'm honest, and I think um, that environment was sort of encouraged. That sort of laddish environment of being brutal. It was brutal, yeah, yeah, at times. But you know, similar to school. You know, school can be a yeah. difficult place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I uh, uh, obviously with the way I looked and stuff. Um, you know, it was it was one of those where you know you you, you could feel about it, it gave me you know that kind of abuse or you know, stick or um, banter, yeah. people call it, I suppose. That sort of um, it stood me in good stead for the terraces. Yeah. You know, there's, no, there's no hiding place on, the, on a football pitch. You know, as soon as I walked out on the pitch and people didn't know that I could play, I mean, it was all right when I was playing for Liverpool or playing for England, people yeah. had seen me play, people could see what I could do. But when I walked out on the football pitch for, for QPR, I remember a game away, I always was talk about this game, but away at Gillingham, and I got absolute abuse just for the way I looked. And my dad was, was watching the crowd, he, he couldn't believe it. I mean, I was like, it was harsh. But I think that kind of grounding of of, of maybe the youth mm-hmm. team and stuff, if I had that, then, you know, I, mean, it's, I think there's plenty of people that would have, would have gone under maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that kind of grounding helped me and overcome that, and I, and I rather than going under i'll be like i'm gonna show these people yeah. have you boys
1: seen people crumble at youth team level because of yeah you know, yeah you know, the banter like, as you said listen
2: I, I could i i can 100 percent say load of load of players that have come through have said there was there was probably a handful of players better than me in our dressing room that didn't go on to make it just because whether that was luck or just didn't get a break mm. but mo- the majority of it was probably the mentality as well and it was like a real sink or swim environment Even when the the dressing room doors shut and the jokes and the banter that goes on, some of them just was like, "I'm not cut out for this. Like, technically I can do it, but Mm. I'm just not cut out for day to
3: day, like this side of of football.
2: Yeah,
3: hundred percent. Yeah, I've seen so many people um, not be able to sort of cope with it, and I think it's much better now um, than it than it was. But yeah, there was definitely a sort of of culture of uh, you know of it it being quite quite harsh environment Mm. and. um, you know, I'm sort of glad I, you know, I, I had that, though. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it was, I definitely
1: saw players sort of not be able to yeah. cope with it all, and uh, it was a shame, really. And what do you think about the youth of today? Because you say it's changed? Yeah. Are they treated too well? It's, it's
2: really different now, because there's two sides of it. You've got the football side of it, where they're given everything.
1: I
0: mean, yeah. the
2: grass, the, the pitchers that they train on, the kit. Don't have to do jobs, don't do boots. They come in, they get given everything. Analysis, you know, the lot. But then there's the other side now where they've got a mobile phone at the palm of their hand, social media and where it was probably when we was coming through and there was a bit of stick face to face, now a lot of it is sort of that keyboard kind of warrior mm. sort of thing, even at, that, yes. even at that kind of young age and these youngsters as well, they're comparing themselves to people up north at 10 and 11 because they follow them on Instagram that play for... You know, Man City under 11s or under 12 and they're mm. just sticking the clips on of their goals. They're like, wow, he's doing well. Whereas when we was coming through, like I knew Crouchy was good mm. with at QPR because,
1: you know, just... Word of mouth. Yeah,
2: of exactly. Yeah. You knew it was going to be a tough game when you played <laughs> against him. But then that was it. After that, it was forgotten
3: about. there's so. yeah. yeah, different kinds of pressure in it. Mm. young age. Really difficult.
1: And how was QPR for you?
3: Uh, well, that's the best thing I did, you know, like, uh, I actually started there as a nine, ten-year-old. That was my, you know, local team. And um, I went from there, Jerry Francis went to Tottenham, uh, took me with him, youth team major was Des Bolpin, took me with him, and then Jerry went back to QPR and, uh, and took me back when I was 19. Uh, and even then, I mean, I played pre-season, I did well. Um, they signed me for 60 grand. And then... Wow, um, 60 grand, I, eh? Yeah, and then uh, I, I remember, like, even then I was behind, I was probably fourth choice striker, um, it was Chris Kruamia. Sammy Kuyu, uh, Rob Steiner. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think, of was one other, and uh, they all got injured. It was literally like they all got injured, and they were like, I'm gonna have to put him up top.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, come on, so get on, honestly, out.
3: You know what? I was, like I said, I, in training, I was always good, like you know. But I just, you know, maybe what I would, physically, maybe didn't feel like I was ready. But um, they gave me a chance, and it, I just. It was just flying from there, really. It was just brilliant. Um, I, you know, it was it was a difficult time for QPR in general because they were going through some turmoil, sort of, at boardroom level, and there was a lot of players on big wages and uh, and financially, we went into administration in my first season. It was, diff- it was a difficult season, uh, but me personally, I did I did great and uh, went on, and on to Portsmouth at the end of the year. You talk about we've had a few clubs. Your move
2: from was it Portsmouth to Villa? Yeah. So what, what was the, what was the hardest one or the most pressured one? Was it was it the Villa was it the Villa transfer because yeah. that was a big one at the start, or was it the second one going from Southampton to Liverpool because they're both mm. quite a big jump?
3: Yeah, yeah. Like uh, did I you did you, did you
2: realise how big Villa was when you signed there?
3: Probably, probably not. Yeah. Um, the, the size of the club was really sort of opened my eyes, I mean, yeah. there was a couple of things like the size of the club from. When I went from Southampton to Liverpool, and the same same sort of thing from from, from Portsmouth to, to Villa. I mean, Villa was, Villa's a huge club. Yeah. I mean, you, you played there. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I the um, I thing what what helped me was I had a really good season at QPR. I think I scored twenty one goals for Portsmouth. Did really well, and then uh, signed at Villa. And it, when I look back at that dressing room, it was, uh, it was a bit of a baptism of fire. It was um, I got, it was Peter Schmeichel in goal. It was uh, you know Ronnie Johnson. Like Ian Taylor, Paul Merson, Dion Dublin, uh, David Janola. I mean, there was there was some Absolute big players. big names yeah. you know in that in that dressing room, big characters. So I was in there straight away. I was like, you know, this is this is different now. Um, but yeah, it was. I mean, it, like, same sort of thing. I mean, it, I, it was just that my one regret out of my whole career really was not really making a success of it at villa I, just, I felt like Graham Taylor took a huge chance on me. You know, he paid a lot of money for me and. Uh, I never really felt like I sort Mm. of paid it back, that faith he had in me. Yeah. And I remember going back to Villa Park uh, with Liverpool and I was playing for England at the time, playing for Liverpool, and just before he died, uh, Graham Taylor. And um, I I remember him running down, he was doing like commentary from uh, And he ran down after the game and uh, he said like, I knew knew you'd do it. That must have been well known. I was special because I felt like I'd let him down a little bit. Like I went to Villa and I never really... I never really did it. It wasn't really, you know, I came in and I did okay, uh, but there was just, there was probably better options at the time, you know, playing Dion Dublin, I think he played and uh, Darius Vassell was mm. on fire. I never really got in. Uh, but that, that was obviously a special, special moment because uh, he knew he believed in me and he knew I'd do it. It just, it just wasn't to be while he was in charge.
1: You mentioned Graham Taylor there. Um, you played under loads and loads of managers. Who's been the one you've gone, yeah, he's, I love him? Um, well, the obvious one's Harry, innit? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's bought and sold me a few times as well. No? <laughs> but um, no, I just, um, I think certainly, uh, I mean, Jerry gave him my debut, you know, I mentioned Graham Taylor with, yeah. you know, with the faith he had in me. So, yeah, I mean, there's lots of good ones, you know, i trying to think there, and obviously Southampton, Harry came in, Rafa signed me for one of the greatest clubs in the world, you know, and then playing with England with Sven and Fabio Capello, there's been, listen, there's been some good, great managers, Tony Pulis I, I, I loved working with as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, out of all of them, I think there's a little bit of each of them that I'd like to sort of take with me, you know, like they've, they've, they've had huge influences on me. But with Harry, it was, it was just simply enough he would get the best out of me, um, whether I was playing for Dagenham and Redbridge or, or Real Madrid. I just feel like he he knows people um, and he plays them in their best position and he he simplifies people's games and he yeah. makes you believe that you are probably even better than you are. You know? How does he do that? Um, it just literally it's, it's just so, it's just so simple. I mean, I just think there's a lot of managers. Um, are very, very aloof. You don't know what they're thinking. You don't know if they rate you. Um, and some players react really well off that. I remember Rafa being really sort of standoffish, like you just did, never knew what he was thinking. You, you, did, if you, you had no idea if you are going to play on the Saturday, whether he liked you or not. Uh, and I remember Stevie um, just his game elevated yeah. to a different level in that environment. Yeah. It was like, he won player of the year that year. I think he scored 21 goals from right midfield, yeah. won the PFA player of the year. It, most of it was trying to get a well done off Rafa. It's
2: mm. yeah, mad, isn't it? You, you, you always feel like you've got something to
3: prove, or you, you just—he's well, the type of person that all, you know, just rises to that. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, right, I'm going to show him. <laughs> but then, some
1: people could just go, I, I, I'm not doing this. He's yeah. not saying a word. To well, me. I don't exactly. Yeah.
3: And I think nowadays a lot, a lot of players would They'd be like, not having him. Nah. Uh, you know, whereas you know, Stevie, we all know what kind of player and person he is. Um, him not saying anything to him, sometimes taking him off. And he'd be like, mm. and he would be like that, right. I'm going to show him every day. And uh, I think that got the best out of him. Um, you know, I, fa- I found it, you know, I, I always, I did well under him, um, but if I was going to choose a sort of manager, then I would say, I would say Harry only because um, I, I, I just liked working, working for him. And that's not sad in like working for Rafa because mm. I, I loved it. Uh, we had a great team and I had the best years of my life there. So, uh, but yeah, as a, as a manager and someone that I loved working for, it. Yeah. What a bloke as well. What What
2: about Southampton? You know, with, you know your time down there because mm. that was then the big stepping stone, was it then to the, the big move to yeah. to Liverpool? What, yeah. did, what What did it feel like when you when you <coughs> went to Southampton? Was it was that then a, a real make or break time, thinking I
3: need to sort of get back on track now. Yeah, you're spot on, what you're saying. I I can't leave out, I I had a loan spell at Norwich, right, so I was at Villa, not really doing it. I had a a loan spell at uh, Norwich, I went down to the Championship, uh, I had three months there, they signed me, Kevin Harper and Darren Huckabee on loan. And um, we just sort of took him to, to, to the next level. And I just, got s- I just got so much confidence down there. We won the league. They gave me, a- I only did three months down there, they gave me a championship winner's medal. No way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because, yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, because it's, it's a proper club, that, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's got, I loved it. I loved playing at Carroll Road. Um, just enjoyed it. Just enjoyed my football again. Um, got a smile back on my face. Went back. David O'Leary was the manager then in charge of Villa, and he just never really fancied me. And I thought, right, I'm going to I have to move on. I'm playing well now. And I'm not in the team. I'm mm. ready for the Premier League. And then, um, thankfully, it was Paul Sturrock who was manager. Southampton gave me a, gave me a lifeline, really. And I thought, if this doesn't if this doesn't go well, I'm a Championship player. You know, mm. I've Do done you honest, it. Are you honestly thinking, thinking like my, that? This is yeah. this, this is my mindset now. And wow. I'm thinking, you know, I need to I need to hit the ground running. Bang! I you know I wasn't in the team. I got he got sacked. Paul Sturrock, Steve Wiggley took over. So. Bear in mind, I start the season before. This is before I go to Liverpool. I'm not in the team at Southampton. Um, two kids ahead of me, Dexter Blackstock and Leon Best. And uh, I, I'm thinking, you know, where, where am I going from here? You know what I mean? And then uh, we're having a bit of a nightmare as a team. Steve Wiggley gets sacked. Then Harry comes in and uh, goes, "Why aren't you playing?" I said, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> well, he says, literally, "He literally said it like that." He said, "Why are you not playing?" He said, uh, you, "You and Kevin Phillips." And you're not, you're not why, why are you two not playing?
1: To be fair, he's got a point. <laughs> no, <right?
3: I> <laughs> he's not wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it was honestly, but like, you, it's what was happening. And um, I couldn't understand it, and, um, you know, Harry couldn't when he came in. But that sort of, he just went, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You two being my front two, rest of the season, 100%. And then from Christmas to end of the season, I scored 16 goals. Um, wow. I was on fire. Yeah. And just, uh, and then, you know, I, got, I went to Liverpool. So, I mean, it was that. That moment at Southampton and Norwich, mm. I have to say, was was pivotal in in me being here now. You know, otherwise because I, I was really unsure wh- where where it was going to go.
1: So when you're at Southampton, mm. uh, playing in the FA Cup, you score a last minute penalty against your rivals, Portsmouth, who <laughs> you played for. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that no, was a big game, yeah. Though, I remember it well. What was that like? Well it was the whole the whole thing around it was it was a bit it was like a cauldron We hadn't played against each other for a while. Um, it was at St Mary's, but I'd played for Portsmouth, Nigel Kwasi had pl- played for Portsmouth, and Harry had just come to Southampton and they I mean they were, it was it was intense. Um, and you know in the FA Cup obviously they have a, they have the whole end, don't they? Yeah. yeah. So you can hear them and the you know, the place was, was by I remember um, on Harry, one of Harry's first days, were, like Judas was written on the uh, on the walls of the the, the Marchwood training ground at Southampton, and uh, it, it was there was a you know it was a big thing really, mm. and then we drew each other in a cup, and I remember Harry kind of, oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank God great. it was at St Mary's anyway, <laughs> right? So uh, I always remember we were drawing, and then uh, it was 90th minute, we got a pen, and uh, I picked the ball up. And um was you, I, di- was you designated taking it, no, it? No, I don't know, I don't know, I don't think I was, no. But I don't know why. I just oh, you got lost. some balls felt, in you? I felt confident, wow. yeah. I just felt but then I had the ball and I looked over at Harry and he was going, <laughs> <Harry>! <laughs> he was
1: going, What are you doing? I told you before after? Harry
3: gave me loads of confidence, mate. in that day. He was going, no. And uh I remember I remember having the ball turned out, so I was like, Do you know what I'm I'm taking it? So I sort of disobeyed him, right? And uh I, I stuck it away thankfully, and there was no obviously no replay at uh, Fratton Park. I remember ha- as I run it, and Harry said, Give me the biggest hug <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. Uh, and He said, I thought we were going back to Fratton Park.
1: <laughs> oh, could you imagine that? <laughs> that would have yeah, been man. horrible, would you Because it? that are... a
3: cauldron as well. Oh, yeah. Park. Wow, yes, yeah, it was just you know, and uh, it, it was a yeah, it was, it was an intense goal, it was an intense game, uh, but. I mean, when I look back at that now, probably being an older sort of person, I think, "What was I doing? Mm. Just give it to, let someone else take the pen." Um, but at, yeah, at the time, it was just the buzz of the game. Felt like I was having a good game and managed to stick it way in. Go, going on rivalries there, like
2: the, the the Pompey Southampton one. You obviously went on to go in one of the biggest ones again, mm. Liverpool Everton. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was that like? Well, not necessarily your first one, because I can imagine they're all the same. But yeah. What was that?
3: Experience, like yeah. I mean, I played in some big derbies. I, you know, even the Villa Birmingham one. I don't know if you played yeah. in that one. Spurs, Arsenal, Spurs, Arsenal, yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, Liverpool, Man United is like one of the biggest games as well. Um, but so that South Coast one was big. But the, you know, the Villa, Villa Birmingham, uh, the atmosphere in that game, because yeah. uh, that hadn't been played for a long time. I don't know if you yeah. remember the game. I played in a game where Dion Dublin headbutted Robbie Savage. Do you remember? Yeah. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. Um, and the one where Peter Enkelman let Enkel the ball under his foot—that foot, was at St Andrews. Were, were you that? I was involved in both wow. of those. Yeah, and the atmosphere in those games were big, big games. But then you play in the Merseyside derby. That was—that was. I remember my first one at Goodison. They were—they're were amazing at Goodison because yeah. it was so. The atmosphere was electric. You know, it was pure hatred and stuff. And uh, yeah, I remember scoring in that one. That was—that was. That was that was a big if big If you had moment. to pick
2: one, one well, of uh, the games you just said there, the, the North London derby, mm. the South Coast, yeah. whatever, the, the Midlands one, Liverpool obviously got the Man mm. or what, what would you say one that sticks out as being mm. real, real needle between fans, clubs, players?
3: Well, like obviously the the whole thing with Manchester and Liverpool is that, uh, you know, I married a Scouser so I know it well, you know, yeah. my, my, my mum's from Manchester believe it or not, so <laughs> how, but, <laughs> yeah. they, I know that rivalry well, I mean it's, you know, and they're two of the most successful clubs in, in British history. So, um, yeah, that's a huge game, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's it's all about where you are. Yeah. And I think that's that. If, you, if you're you living on, on the south coast in that, that Derby, oh, it's no bigger Derby. Mm. And then um, the Birmingham one was the I don't think I've ever been involved in an atmosphere like that because they hadn't played for so long. Can you it was, feel it like oh, the proper, mate, honestly. like the hate And, and also, like, I, I remember um, I remember I played in some of them but then I've been on the bench for some of them and you can probably take it in a bit more mm. when you're on the bench and I remember when Gary Neville ran and done that oh, to, yeah, the, yeah. to the, so I'm warming up in front of the Liverpool fans at that, that end of yeah. the Old Trafford and um, he ran the whole length, I remember watching him and no one else could see it really till after because I said to the lads, did you see Gary Neville and they were like "No," nah, because no one really took it in. Wow. He ran all the way, and it was like he was doing it to me, because <laughs> I was like, there you go. give it out, guys. I it <laughs> well done. And then, um, and yeah, amazing. But that, you know, that passionate rivalry. Um, and then, obviously, with the, the the Birmingham one, there was some, I mean, that whole thing balled Dion Dublin, you, you're, not, mm. you're the nicest fella in the world. I've I, I never seen him, you know, <sighs> Raise a fist to anyone, yeah. right? He was just bang headbutt. Then you Robbie Savage? <laughs> <laughs> it was carnage. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I just I'm going around the question here, right? Like what's the biggest derby? But it's the one you're involved in, yeah. I think.
1: And then you mentioned there Liverpool. Mm. What a move!
3: Well, I mean, they. I just watched them. I was with. I'd got in the England squad just at the back end at Southampton, and um, I remember we went to USA tour. Um, we, I think we played in New York and, uh, and Chicago. We had two games: Colombia and uh, USA. And um, I, I, I was out. I was out there. And I remember we had a we had a day off, and it was the Champions League final in Istanbul. And me and Joe Cole were watching it in this like bar, uh, coffee shop. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, we
3: were. We'd gone out, we'd, you know, we were having a coffee, and um <laughs> It's just a good few coffees, <laughs> yeah? a yeah, yeah, yeah. coffees, and then, um... Honestly, about ten we, coffees, deep. <laughs> we ten co- As we walked back to the hotel, we got back, and I think it was free too. And uh, I remember watching it back at the hotel, free all, and all that, and I was thinking... And then, obviously, the scenes the next day, you know, yeah. Liverpool bring the trophy home, this and that. Uh, anyway, you know, a week later, I, I'm watching that game, I just dream, I think that anything Often, you know, me going to Liverpool. It was just what, no inkling at no all? No clue. You know, I was watching that game going, wow, that's incredible. Imagine playing for a club like that, and then a week <laughs> later, oh, I tell. get a call just, you know, like, Rafa's interested and, uh, you know, he'd like you to, to sign and, um, yeah, that. I mean, that moment. And then going up there was, you know, when you when you see, when you walk in, I mean, I went to, I didn't go to Melbourne first, I went to Anfield to get things sorted and uh, all the paperwork was going on and, uh, I think it was Rick Parry, the chief exec, said, uh, do you want to look round? And I was like, yeah, I'll have a look round. Yeah, go on, man. <laughs> go on <man. laughs> I felt like a kid on the tour, you know what I mean? It was like... Um, Be a little cap well, Yeah, a little <laughs> <scarf>. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, look, it's Kenny Dalglish. <laughs> 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 I honestly, it was me and my dad, honestly. And we, I mean, yeah, it was just... And then, obviously, the trophy was there from 2005, which is one of the best finals that you've ever seen. No, and the best. Uh, just just incredible you know walking around you know halls the pictures on the walls of all the greats that have walked walked that you know in that stadium and the history of the club you know walking out on the pitch and seeing the cop things like that just 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 a different level um, but then with that sort of size of the club comes the you know the the goldfish bowl and the, the magnifying glass if, if you want on uh on everything you do really and that's uh i wasn't ready for that did you feel the pressure uh yeah well listen you know I did. Uh, I felt I was confident by by now, though. I, you know, I'd done well in the Premier League and playing for England. Um, I, had, I had a good debut in uh, in the Giants Stadium, believe it or not, New York. Yeah. That was my debut. <laughs> <The Giants>. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Uh, I got, uh, but I played well. And Michael Owen got a hat trick. I set, set a couple of his goals up, um, and I, I felt confident. So going to Liverpool, didn't I? Wasn't overawed by it, and I went to training. And, uh, the level was definitely cranked up mm. um, to what I'd been used to, but I thrived off it. I loved it straight away. Uh, the only um, problem was I couldn't buy a goal. Mm. <laughs> so, so going
2: on from that, so you, you haven't scored for a while. Mm. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna say two words. Mm. I want to th- know if this rings a bell. Hey Jude.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, mate. Honestly, help so, me.
2: Massively. So so tell the story about mm. this. So because you're saying this was a, a oh, well. massive part of the fans really getting behind
3: you. Wasn't honestly, it, it was. Uh, and this sounds sounds ridiculous, but. You know, be, lots, of, lots of fans of football clubs now would, would, would not tolerate a striker, you know, who, who doesn't score for, I think it was like 18 games, right? So I've what just signed. Yeah. 18 games. They've just won the Champions League. You know, most clubs would be like, you know, what? you'd have been gone after 8-9. Yeah. You know, the, the fans, would, you'd be getting booed, you'd be out. You know, the, the management wouldn't stick by you. Teammates maybe wouldn't stick by you. But that's why, of Liverpool, I honestly have to thank... Of supporters that everyone, you know, because they did stick behind me and then we did have good days and I did, did play well but, you know, that was allowed to happen by by the way the fans were with me really and um, I, I think everyone could see that I was playing well, it just wasn't really, wasn't really happening. Rafa was asking me to play a slightly different role and I was doing anything he said because, well, you know, he, I was playing for Liverpool. Um, but yeah, with the the Hey Jude thing came about, I mean Kara said to me, look you haven't scored, so I'm taking you to my to my local. Local Um, coffee shop. Local (laughs) coffee shop. We went to this pub, the Solly, right? I'll always remember it. Um, And he took me there and we had a few beers. I'm not joking, this place was packed full of Everton and Liverpool fans. It was carnage in there. And... um, Anyway, everyone started getting up karaoke. I thought, oh, I keep my head down here. I just carry on. <laughs> you know, I just had another game where I had the squad. I thought, Cara, I need to keep my head down. Here. Giving it large. Anyway, the stage, on. yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, Cara gets up with his dad. I'm thinking, he's gone for it. Here. You know, like, does this stuff? I'm trying to keep my head down. And uh, anyway, Cara's up, sang a song with his dad, brilliant. And he's Cara's like, right, you are up next, and I said, no, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> He, <laughs> nah, you're he, right. said, uh, he said, look, everyone's been up there, we've had Diddy Man up there, Michael Owen's done a song before, you know, like all the boys, everyone who comes in here does a song, that's like, that's what we do. I said, all right, so I've gone through, I'm going, what's going to be a crowd pleaser? <laughs> right, the Beatles in Liverpool, right? well, that might be all right, Hey Jude, I've gone for. I've gone on stage. I'm not joking, the place was, it went off. I felt like, uh, like I was selling out Wembley Arena. <laughs> so it was amazing. It, it was, uh, remember one I was swinging <laughs> off the chandelier, right, I'm going,
1: na, na, na,
3: And it went on, you know when the music stops and you're still going, na, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: Don't worry about the golds, I, I was
3: like, at first I was nervous, yeah. By the end, you couldn't get me off. <laughs> i was all over it dropped the mic the place erupted right? it, was, it was it was one of the best moments honestly it was amazing uh got, got off i was just i remember i think they got, got passed down by a few, <laughs> a, few, a few of the lads and uh, went back to my chair everyone went back in honestly from that day everywhere i went was uh hey june it's like you know <laughs> liverpool's a, it's a city but it's a village you know people know what's going on and um, Everywhere I went, people were saying, "Hey Jude" in the song. "Hey Jude, Hey Jude," and um, uh, the security boys. I remember coming into training, uh, at Melwood probably on the on the Monday, and all the security boys were like, "Hey uh, Jude." Uh, <laughs> 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 and uh, and uh, honestly, from then I think, and then uh, you know, probably just this, this, I, I got a song. It was, Brilliant. it was, uh, and the fans really took to me because it just spread a bit, and then um, and then they could see how hard I work, was working. Um, on the pitch uh, and it wasn't quite going for me. And I think that sort of every, it was like, it was like eyes against the world, if you know what I mean, and which, is, which is definitely, you know, something that I noticed that in Liverpool in general, you know, like if, if people are, have a go at them, they stick, stick together more than anything, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that I felt a part of that. And, uh, you know, all the outside press, you know, people in newspapers on um, whatever it was on, on t- television, all criticising me, but I'd never felt, I felt like I was in a bubble Brilliant. in Liverpool. And I felt like all the Protected. fans, yeah. felt the players and I felt the staff, everyone was sort of with me. Um, so when I scored, I think you could see the, the emotion, certainly from me, but the players and, and also the fans, you could see sort of the relief of them, really. And then, uh, you know, thank God I went on a run of scoring goals and, um,
1: and I'd like to think
3: my time there was, was, was good.
1: Did you boys ever take any notice? of the outside, like the media and the publications? Um, I would find that hard if like, someone's like, week in, week out saying, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough, poor season. I think that would, no, I mean, I never can't... know because I'm not a professional mm. footballer, yeah. but I think it would get to me.
2: It, it kind of drove me on, certain times of my career when that happened. It gave me like a platform to go, no, I'm not having that. Like, you know, and it would, pretty similar to what like, like, uh, Gerard earlier on, do that sort of driving mechanism. Um, mm. That was my motto all the way along, in terms of sort of always trying to prove people wrong or get one over on them. So, uh, yeah, it was. It never, it never, it never, sort of got on me. Whereas mm. now, I mean, it's brutal now. It's all about sort of social oh, media, and it and can be you instant. Might. You can get on a team coach now because you'd have to wait till the papers mm. the next morning, wouldn't you? Mm. You'd have to wake up on a Sunday, go and get the news of the world, or mm. whatever. No, paper you just it go is. on
1: Twitter and go. Yeah. The, oh, right.
3: But that—that that was certainly playing for England. I felt—I felt at times that sort of pressure sort of held us back a bit. Mm. Um, but our team was a joke. I mean, yeah. 2006 yeah. was—you know—every every single player is a household name for for, for good reason. You know, had incredible careers. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, it didn't really it didn't really work. But um, that there was definitely a huge pressure on on that on that team, and I I did feel it myself. Um, in some ways, I felt like I had to score in every game that I played with England because, I, you know, there was always people to, there to say he shouldn't be playing for England. You know what I mean? So I had to constantly be on my game to to, to be a part of it. And I knew, listen, I, I was I, in that squad. I was beyond Rooney and Owen, 100%. But I, the way your, I looked,
1: your stats were ridiculous. Yeah, I, good.
3: listen, I, got, I I scored goals for England and I and I'd always played well. I felt, but. Rooney and Owen are better footballers than me, right? At that time, I, I, I'm a realist, right? right. So, so I'm looking at them and I'm going, I'm just going to be the best behind them, right? So I, I've, as long as I'm better than everyone else, at, you know, who's English at that time, I'm going to get games because they, they had their injury problems. You know, Michael Owen had his injury problems and, and Rooney did at major tournaments and things like that. So I, I knew that as long as I was ready all the time, that I would get a fair share of games. Yeah. And listen, if Rooney if and Owen had been fit for all 42 games that I, all, yeah. all 42 caps that I had, I'd have got none. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'll be honest. I might have come off the bench and had an influence, but you know, I knew that they they wouldn't be. So I, I pushed myself and I made sure that I was in squads and that I was better than. Sort of the foe, or in better form than Darren Bent, or whoever was Dean Ashton came in, you know, whoever was sort of behind it. I wanted to, and then of course, there were times where they were just on fire and they played ahead of me, but you know, that was always my goal.
2: It's that's some mindset to have that, it's it's pretty similar to like a a sub goalkeeper, isn't it? Mm. In terms of they're always going to play, but they've got to be on it always and push Mm. the number ones, but always be ready in case, yeah, you know, but, but but with. Crouchy of England, I mean the stats we it's said gigantic. there is just mm. like r- unbelievable and mm. it must have been a case for you as well where you knew that you was always going to kind of get a shot in terms of in-games because whether they need a goal, they can mm. throw you on to just cause havoc and, and or mm. if the game's going against them that you can come on to be sort of that pivotal role where it can come up to you, where you can lay it off, which is what you do and, in, mm. and get in the box
3: after. Yeah, so it's a weird one, like with England and in the Champions League, funny enough, um, like, it was sort of, I felt, I felt like I was going to score in every match. I honestly did. I was powerful, like, that. Honestly, but like, whereas in the championship, or, or I found it harder at times, like bizarre, I know this, is, this sounds ridiculous, but I was going into games and I'm thinking, I'm going to score in this 100%. And like Champions League games and, and, and internationally as well, if you think about it, like, I had David Beckham crossing on the right, right? I had Joe Cole on the left, I had Stephen Gerrard, Frank Lampard behind me, I had Rooney in the hole. I've got Gary Neville, great delivery yeah. as well, Ashley Cole. You know, th- th- I, I, th- I was going into games going, just getting in the box, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, literally, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm going to score in every match here. And even, like, Champions League-wise, playing with, playing for, for Liverpool, same thing, really. Dirk Kite around me, um, Jermaine Pennant on the right... Uh, uh, Harry Kew mm. on the left, you know, Steve Finnan created mm. so much for me. Uh, even Tottenham as well, Bale on the left, right, Aaron Lennon, <laughs> <Lennel laughs> Van der Vaart behind. You know what I mean? We've got Luka Modric in midfield. Amazing. I'm just thinking, look, just get in the box. You know, yeah. you're gonna get, you, you'll be found. Yeah. Um, so, we're, and, and also defenders, I felt internationally and, and Champions League wise, didn't really know how They didn't, they didn't come up against players like me. You yeah. know what I mean? It was yeah, like yeah. they, they were just like they. Often I'd have two men around me, and someone else would be free, uh, or you know, it, or, or they wouldn't know how to cope with me, and I'd, I'd find it easier.
1: But your first touch was immaculate. Yeah, that is, I was it wasn't say just that. because you're tall. Like, no, no, you know.
3: I'm not
2: saying no, that. No, no.
1: that. do you think people did think that? Oh, he's just a big guy.
2: Yeah, because you think, he's saying here, like, just get in the box. That's not just about getting balls, like, high in the box no. with him. Like, because you, you talk about the, the goal against the Arsenal. Mm. The, movement, the one where you scored the hat-trick, was yeah. not it? Where you've just gone, bang, mm. left foot, right foot, and then... Mm. Ding, ding, it, I mean, yeah. the feet was ridiculous. Yeah, no, that
3: was, like... That was where I always felt that, like, in all honesty, like, heading and stuff like that, like, I, I, could, I wasn't natural at it. I had to work at that so much because I would always have good ability, I always felt that I could, you know, uh, you know control the ball. I'd always be decent on the floor, but I had to work at my heading because I was six foot seven. I was getting beat by, when I was a kid, I was getting beat by kids, you know, a lot smaller than me yeah. because I, I never really had to jump. And then obviously you get to, <laughs> you know, Premier League level, of course you got to jump, you know what I mean? It's like, and it's, a, it's a threat. So I had to work at that, but yeah, no, I always felt com- confident in my in my ability and I, I think that's why I sort of I succeeded with England and, and, and Liverpool because I had that threat aerially and stuff like that, but I could still... You know, link play up and you know keep hold of the ball is so
1: important at that level. Because we were, we're talking about that. Because like people like Milan Mandaric saying, "I'm not paying this amount of money for a basketball mm. player." It's like. He's not a basketball
2: player. Yeah. No, but I was, you, that are, are you a good, are i yeah, terrible good. actually. <laughs> I
3: remember at school, uh, a few of the lads tried to get me in the team and that because they were like, they watched me, um, you know, walking through, up the, to the, big through the playground. And I was like, I'm not interested in basketball, mate. And they were like, no, you come on, just be like, no. I had one session they went, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Stick don't to worry football,
3: about mate. I'm <laughs> <laughs> useless. Honestly, yeah, no, not for me. With, with Milan, he, that was the classic, like, preconception. Yeah. You know, he, he, I was at QPR at the time. You know, I don't think he's watching many QPR games, and uh, they probably, you know, showed him a picture or whatever, and he's gone like, no, which is which is the,
1: so wrong. Though, the misconception, so yeah, wrong. but like, that
3: is the misconception that yeah. I hundred percent. I mean, no, let's be honest, no footballer looks like me before or since. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if you saw a picture of me. You know, you might go. I'm trying to to think. There is none. There is none. I don't think there is. But you know what? I feel proud of that. I feel really proud of the fact that, yeah, I don't look like a footballer, but but I I played like one. So so I feel proud of it.
1: You won loads of stuff. um, FA Cup. The whole run to the final was brilliant. You know, beating
3: beating United at. At Anfield, um, we smashed Birmingham City, beat Chelsea. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're Chelsea, aren't we? Yeah, you? I was. I was. Uh, I was Peter after Peter Osgood. Believe it or not, wow. you go. Yeah, I had a rabbit called Kerry Dixon. He did you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was a, a, really. I yeah. was a ball boy at, Kerry Chele- Dixon. at, at Chelsea. What's a player? Um, yeah, I was a ball boy at Chelsea. But, uh, you know, when uh, when you needed to be a ball boy when, when the balls were going behind underneath cars and stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah. What was it like? So FA Cup final day. I've, listen, I've not been lucky enough to, yeah. I've, got, I've gone to the FA Cup Finals as a yeah. fan, but as a player, when mm. you open your eyes the morning yeah. of an FA Cup Final, what does mm. that feel like?
3: Yeah, that is, I mean, it's, it was really special and I, like, I, I, I was really taking it in because it was my first um, final and, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't let any sort of moment pass, yeah. really, like, I was like a fan, really, yeah, waking yeah. up, going like I'm playing, you know, I was starting, I was starting as well. Um, so just you, a real... you knew
1: that. You knew that before. I yeah. knew
3: that. In, no, in the morning, I knew that right. Rafa was always guarded with his team. But um,
1: the only, the only
3: shame was it wasn't here. Wasn't at Wembley. It yeah. we, we was at Cardiff while it was getting built in 2006. But we had a great run and we were confident. We, you know, beating Chelsea at Old Trafford and then we went to went to Cardiff. And in many ways, it felt like. Not the game, not that that was the final, but you felt, or most people felt, that the Chelsea Liverpool game, whoever won that, yeah, would was going to win it. And we came through it, and then we had a scare. Yeah. Let's be honest, in the final, real scare. Yeah. So, did you think there
2: was there a moment where you was like,
3: mm, I was worried. With, with a, well, I was worried. I thought we'd thrown this away. You know, like half time, there was a big, there was a big talking to at half time. From um,
2: from the manager, manager or from Stevie, Stevie
3: or... Cara, you know the usual pe- usual yeah. voices really in the dressing room going. And I always remember it. One of the team talks was I don't know if you remember if you remember uh, in the semi final West Ham Pardew dancing, oh, my. Um, and oh, Anton no. Ferdinand dancing, oh. and uh, Rhea Coke and Envoys. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember it. Half time, <laughs> someone said we don't want to see these dancing around
1: the cup. <laughs> who wants to see Pardee dancing? No one wants to
3: see Pardee throwing shapes again. Wow. And everyone went, come on! <laughs>
1: hey,
2: dude! Who needs tactics when you yeah, can just say everyone up?
3: Roll everyone up, because honestly, that would have hurt big time, you know. What,
1: seeing so Pardee dance? Just <laughs> nah,
3: just, it doesn't matter who it is. Just nah. seeing someone, you know, with the cup, you know, dancing around and, that's not you,
1: and it wasn't us. Going back to the uh, Stevie G goal, mm.
2: he was—he was, like, was just ridiculous. That game,
3: wasn't he? Well, that, just like, that season, honestly. I mean, that season in general, we relied on him so much. I mean, even in, you know the the Champions League in Istanbul, you know, like they, how much did they rely on Olympiakos yeah, goal? Like, you know, yeah. the, the goal to get them back in the final, um, and and again the, the season after. I mean, it was just—it was a pleasure to sort of be around mm. him at that time. Um, And the goals were just... I look at my medal at home sometimes and uh, I do think um, maybe I should have given it to Stevie. (laughs) 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 He was... Honestly, I mean, it was... We were dead and buried. Yeah. And um, I remember... I remember managing to nod the first one down somehow. And then he had, I think, 25 yards out, bang. And then the second one, he had cramp. I remember him being down for a bit. Mm. And uh, there was... I'd come off by then and... uh, it was a big for all on the, on the bench. Like, right, we need... And there was a sub getting ready. And we, I'm in an hour about taking him off. Picked himself up. And the ball sort of, like... He just ran onto it and hit this thing. Bearing in mind, I reckon it was 30 seconds before. He'd been down with cramp. Then wow. he hit this shot. Mm. You know, we were right behind there. And it, you just knew it was in for the moment. He hit it. And uh, incredible, incredible player. And, uh, you know, one is that... FA Cup, and even his just... penalty
2: in, in the shootout was, was just so nonchalant. Yeah, just yeah. sort of run up and just l- l- lace one mm. top bins. Yeah,
3: yeah. Was, yeah. so
2: that that was in Cardiff. What was yeah. what was the journey back like?
3: Oh, honestly, then obviously this... when you when we've we, run it, you da- yeah.
2: we need to get some footage to see if they were dancing around the, the <laughs> FA Cup. I right, right. <laughs> honestly...
3: surely doing a Jude, weren't right, you? Oh, <laughs> I've, got, I've got pictures. I've got a few pictures at home. Um, yeah, I remember being it was well it was a long evening, <laughs> bastard. <so. laughs> <laughs> I, started it. I, started a bit. I started winning it. Um, but winning it, yeah, I mean, I remember looking up, hold, holding the cup in my hand, right, I'm thinking all the history behind this cup, right, I've got it in my hand. Yeah. The oldest tr- football yeah. trophy in the world, right? So I'm holding it down here like this because I'm, I'm, I'm cool, because I hold it So <laughs> <like.
1: laughs> That's how, how crouchy
3: rolls. Like, that's how I roll, yeah. I hold it down like that. And then uh, I remember spotting my dad and uh, thinking about sort of, you know, everything that we'd been through, Amazing. you know, like wow. right from the moment, you know, when you're first start playing football to you know we used to walk under the hanger lane flyover through Alperton to come to games at Wembley and stuff like that and uh, I know I know, it wasn't that Wembley but that was the home of the FA Cup yeah, final. Yeah. We were there and I you know held it up and it was, oh, it was emotional you know you see your dad in the crowd and you think of all the stuff you've been through yeah. all the Tuesday nights the Thursday nights going around and North Circular, trying to get me to Tottenham yeah. in the ball court. The night Gillingham uh, in the the Gillingham game when he's he's had a fight, yeah, with someone <laughs> because you know because I'm getting abused. You know, all the all the sort of bad things or, or all the sort of sweat and tears that's yeah. taken you to. Um, and listen, there's players who have won far more than me, but to me that was the that was the the day where it's sort of all I, everything went, you know, wow, we've done it basically. Yeah. And um, yeah, emotional. And then uh, I remember having a quick beer with him after he was buzzing couldn't really you know and then he came back around here and went out with his mates and i went back to liverpool um, went to alma de cuba and uh it was the after party upstairs and all the fans were downstairs oh incredible and um we had the cup up there and uh all the fans were singing songs and um we just had a few beers up there and uh, remember we each of us went and got the cup and sh- showed it to the fans each time and it was uh yeah, it was a great night. I got some great photos of it. Just, just great memories. Just, it's uh, mm. yes, why, why you're in football. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a few things that thankfully went right. That in my career, when I look back at it, um, that was definitely one of them. Like where, where mm. it could have gone so wrong, and I I, and I've, I would have regretted it forever. Um, another one was at, was here. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was at Old Trafford. Sorry, it was. But uh, it was for England. And. Um, I'd scored two goals and then I tried to think a penalty and put it over. <laughs> Jamaica was it? Jamaica, right? Yeah. Yeah, On a hat yeah. trick. I've only got one hat trick for England. And um, I tried to think a penalty and put it over. I've never really just, honestly. And then I thought, you know, what, a, what an idiot. Uh, f- thankfully, I got it. I scored another one. But that would have, that and the FA Cup would have really wrangled with yeah, me. Yeah. And the Champions League final in 2007, that obviously we didn't win that. that, that they had three. Thankfully, two of them were all right. But yeah, f-
1: yeah. Obviously, the third one was the killer. Did it, how did, when you did took that penalty and it went over you, were like, what was that sort of feeling?
3: I just, you know when you were just, everything you touched was just going, right, you know, like one of those games where I just play really well, I, I, honestly, I, I just was playing great, got a couple of goals, a couple of robots came out, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, and then the pen comes, Yeah. and... I'm just full of confidence, Invincible, you know, I've scored thing. to it, I'm just going to dink him now, right? So, and firstly, I did send him, he went, but I, I went yeah. high into the strip for then. <laughs> and high I, into the oh, strip it was, it was really embarrassing. <laughs> and I remember coming off the pitch and I've got the ball at home and all the lads have signed it. Um, <laughs> and uh, all, every single person wrote pen, no, no, like, all, this, you know, all, the, all the abuse about the pen was on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Steve McLaren pulled me after, he was assistant to Sven. And he said, um, don't ever do that again, like, you're playing for England, you know, you're representing your country and taking the piss. Yeah. Um, that's when it, you know, when you're in the sort of moment of the game and your conference is just streaming through you and you just yeah, yeah. You think you can do anything. Um, that, was, that was a wake up call. It was just like, you know, that, remember where you are.
1: And at Stoke,
3: you
2: two must have had the right laugh. I don't think I've had as many clubs as Crouchy, but I've had a few.
3: <laughs> but for me,
2: I wasn't there long. I was only there 18 months at Stoke. That was the best dressing room I'd had. It Which was so good. It was so, table. so good. I mean, there was... You just felt like all together mm. and there was the, the, the banter every day. Um, Characters, the trips. Uh, there was a real togetherness. Good golf school
1: there as well, I hear.
3: Good golf
2: school. Yeah, there.
1: yeah,
3: it was. Yeah. Like, It's a. When I when I signed there, like the like as as is saying, honestly, the dress room was brilliant and um, it's amazing. Like sort of the, we added a sprinkle of quality each year and we finished in the top ten three years on the spin, and. Um, Flying and it it just went too far the other way. You know, we went from having the best character. We'd lose one or two each year and replace them with two, one or two, not as good characters, shall we say? Right. And uh, and that's just how it. That's how it sort of ended up. You know, going down and it was it was a real shame because we went from the best dressing room to to one of the worst. And. um, real shame because the club's fantastic yeah a
2: lot of people don't know when they look at crouch they look at him being at liverpool and spurs but stoke was your
3: longest serving longest, yeah, yeah. club wasn't it mm. six years was it? seven years, seven I think. years. Six, six and a half years yeah wow uh i, I loved it and also when i went when i went through the door there um i i, I didn't want to go at first I was, i'm at tottenham right and uh, i was living in london where I, you know where i sort of grew up and i was happy and um i had two years left on my contract and i remember uh Daniel Levy and Harry said that you know they're bringing out a Bayor in and uh, they there wasn't room for, for both of us, and uh, they'd had a bid for, for me, and Wilson Palacios, and it was a lot of money, you know, for for both of us. So we uh, we ended up going. It wasn't, uh, you know, I was I wanted to stay at Tottenham, we ended up getting in the Champions League, yeah. was playing, you know, it was. Uh, but then having gone there, it was the best thing I ever did. Um, I, I, I just it was the best. Best club for me at that age, you know. Tony Pulis was fantastic with me, and I loved the whole stigma of mm. Stoke in general. Yeah. You know, like I would watch Arsenal get off the bus and just go, oh. Oh, yeah. you yeah. know, and you could see the life drain out of them, and it just used to make did me. Did you laugh.
1: really see stuff like that? You yet? could you
3: see it. With, really? with, honestly, you could see it. That, that was again when I was
2: there. I remember the week building up to an Arsenal game, and I was, I remember being on the spin bike, and Shawcross was next to me, and I was like, oh, tough game this week. Like, he didn't better, and I, he looked forward, he just went we'll beat these. Because he just knew oh. that it was just one of them games where with yeah. an Arsenal team came that he was like, no, we've got these. So yeah, he just mad that... He seemed to be, a Crouchy goes, he knows he's going to score in certain games. You just have games where you just know that you just got the, the upper
3: hand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you can see, you know, certain teams get off the bus and not, just not want to be there. <laughs> you
1: know
3: what I mean? and why, it's, it's absolutely blowing a gale. That's
1: why no. the flags doing this. Is that corner. why? Do you think because of the weather and stuff and just weather? The, the, the whole thing. Is. I mean, and
3: listen. Like, I remember. I remember we, there was there was you know Rory's throw-ins coming in right on a <laughs> Tuesday night. The, the, the pitch, the uh, the grass was that long. Uh, I, remember, I always remember looking at Aaron Ramsey and he looked at me. I remember one day Aaron Ramsey right said the pitch. I reckon the turf must have been up. You couldn't see his boots. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, I remember looking at me a guy like. About the pitch, and I just burst out laughing. <laughs> was like, Sorry, mate. Chance we got. And he was punching it like as fast as he could to get it ten yards. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a pigeon went. <laughs> he had to dink it over. Uh, yeah, amazing. And then obviously the boards went back. You know, with the, the, the the ball boys with the um, with the, the you know drying the ball. Rory coming in, me, Shawcross, Hoof, Kevin Jones, all just piling in on the keeper. It was listen. It was. Um, not the most graceful way of playing football, but what are you going to do if we, if we go toe-to-toe with Arsenal in a footballing match? Hmm. Get beat three or four. You know, what, what I've, I think there's many, many ways to win a football match and I, I, um, I honestly, I like being a part of, thankfully I've been a part of lots of different styles of play and I've enjoyed all of them.
1: Did you become a leader um, in the change room as well, towards the end of your career because of, you know, you've seen like Stevie G and going through the ranks, did you become more of a voice? Um, yeah, I'd probably say so. I mean, listen, I was—I'm always
3: quite relaxed, you know. I'm, not, I'm like quite a laid-back guy, yeah. you know. So I, it's not as if you know, I wasn't—I wasn't the type of character like Stevie. Don't you know I mean like no. to be a leader like that. But what I was is that um, I, I realised that when you sort of become an older player, and and you know, having been in sort of England dressing rooms or, or played in big games, that you do have a responsibility to to younger players, Mm -hmm. don't you? I mean, Sid was very good. I mean, he was always like a captain kind of material. But for me, I had to sort of work on that and go like, right, now I need to sort of set an example a bit more. Crouch is one of them, but when he spoke, it it had a lot of weight behind it because
2: the career that he's had, the dressing rooms that he's been at. And then when someone doesn't speak a lot, but when they do speak and you take notice of it, whereas in some people can just Mm waste a bit of air and it's just noise, it just becomes noise in the dressing room, whereas when someone like you, if you had to say something, it would be to the point and it would be, you know, abrupt and the lads would take it on board.
1: Absolutely, and what was the big man like to play with?
2: Oh, like, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. We first played together at England under-21s, I think it was, mm. under the under play. Um, and then, yeah, he was, he, like, in terms of football-wise on the pitch, again, the stigma of him being a big man and just, like, chest, get down. Like, you could fizz, like, smash balls at him and he would literally just go bang. I mean, shooting practices, anything. Volleys, like, taking a touch, half volleys. He had, like, left and right foot. Like, literally the, the, the whole package. Um, and it's no surprise that he's gone on and had the career that, that he did at, you know, the top, of the top clubs in, in world football
1: as well. And when you came to retire how, how hard was that for you um it, not that hard to be honest uh
3: surprisingly, surprisingly you had
2: some career mate you struck no. you struck it out loud, didn't honestly
3: you? <laughs> i mean I, I was 38 you know i, I look wow. and i feel people like Sids, you know like maybe you could have played on you know but like, it's, i i feel like me personally I'm, i've been totally blessed with i retired when i i could have gone on you know i could i could have played on if i wanted to wanted to drag it out for another few years. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I, you know, I could it my body felt okay. You know, I look at, um, you know, like, Sid's career was, not cut short because you had a great career, but I'm talking about, you know, you, you Injuries, didn't, it wasn't yeah. on your own terms really, yeah. you know? Yeah, I felt like I retired on my own terms. You know, I said, right, I'm, I've, I'm done now. Um, but I look at, you know, some players, Ledley King, you know, players that, um, yeah. that, that that retired too early. And the way I look at my career is like, I was lucky to, to do the things I did, you create and, your own luck, and yeah, definitely I worked yeah. hard to, to get there. Definitely, but I was lucky with regards to injuries. Um, and the way I always looked at it, the way if you don't have muscles, you can't tear them. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot to be said for that. These players in the gym every week, exactly. It won't last you know too far.
2: Yeah, do, <laughs> let's say hey, when I was at Stoke, right? It was just, the the gym overlooked the uh, overlooked the training pitches, yeah. and you, you, you was injured for a little while, so not long, a couple of weeks, mm. and we, we were doing a warm-up, right? <laughs> and it was crutching, I think it was like a big barbell. He, he was trying to do some exercises, and the, we was going around, and the whole squad <laughs> stopped and was on the floor, like, just like, it just looked like a big praying mantis, just like,
3: <laughs> Doing something, giving Power your chin. <laughs> <Power laughs> but you know what, right, listen, it was, uh, oh, God, tickle tickled me that. <laughs> um... The, I, I, I tried everything. Like if you're thinking, like I was talking about my body holding me back, I knew I had the ability to make it. Ever as a young player, I was on creatine. I was, do, I was doing weights. I was doing weight gain stuff. You know, protein shakes. I don't. I left no stone unturned. You know, I was doing everything as a young as a young boy to to, to get bigger, to get stronger. Um, you know, I sprint training, the, the whole lot. Right. Um, you know, I didn't. It wasn't as if. I, I just didn't fancy the gym. No, no, do you know no, what I mean? Yeah. Like honestly, I did. I tried everything, and then it got to a stage where uh, I tried it right up in Villa. Everything. I uh, got to, to Liverpool, and I was squatting every day, doing loads of stuff, um, and I kept finding myself getting injuries. Uh, and and I, I'm thinking, like, so I had to sort of weigh up. You know what? What do I do? I want to be a footballer, or, or, or do I want to, you know, do I want to have these injuries? You know, I, I felt it? like mm. I'd rather be. So I, I think it, honestly, if you went through my, my career, I don't think I missed. I don't reckon I missed more than two weeks of training, let alone yeah. matches, um, in twenty years. Honestly. Wow. And um, I, and I, I was like, listen, everyone's different. I, I my it was I found it difficult to sort of do the squats and then go out training because I was tearing I was not tearing hamstrings, but I was finding little niggles, and, um, and, and 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 by the end I knew my body so like. Certainly, when I was at Stoke, I signed at Stoke when I was 30. Yeah. I knew my body by then, and the fitness coach would be like, "Right, well, you need to do this and that." And like I said, I, d- "I don't need to do that actually." Uh, (Laughter) <laughs> okay, Against that, and then, I and then he'd, go, he'd go, though. "Well, you, you know," and I'd go like, "Yeah, that's fine. You can make me do that, but then you know, I, might, I might struggle the weekend." So I knew, I knew my body, and I'd go in there and I'd do my own sort of bodyweight stuff, but I wouldn't do, I wouldn't be lifting silly weights, uh, and I, w- I would be out training. I lasted till you know, seven years at that club, signed there at 30. What a... So, car. so I think, you know, I did it the right way. Really. Unbelievable.
1: Absolutely. And since you retired, you're smashing it as well off the pitch, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's half the reason I'm retired,
3: really. I think um, just because, like I said, I did the the, the podcast and the book, whatever, and they, they both sort of went really well. And me and Sid's actually done our, we did our coaching badges together. <laughs> and um, I, I was, I didn't know which way I was going to go because... I definitely wanted to sort of stay in the game somewhere, even mm. talk about it or, or, or um, you know, coach or something. But when, the way that went, sort of, I, I just sort of had to follow that route, really. But I, I must admit, when I look at someone like Stevie G and that winning in the league, like it does wrangle with me. Yeah, about, I was going to oh, say, do, do you? I do. Yeah. It does make you think, oh, I'm never going to have that again. Yeah. You know, that part of a team winning, you know, that dressing room, the footage after, you know, the dressing room where it's they're great, all just, that, that feeling, like winning an FA Cup, you know, him winning a, I'm only saying Stevie just because I've played with him and I yeah. see him like being a manager now, Scott Parker the other mm. night win at Anfield, you know?
1: The emotion, the sort of yeah. the,
3: You know yeah. like, when you see him at the final whistle with that emotion, that does wrangle with me a little bit like, I'm, gonna, I'm never going to have that again. Yeah. But you know um, that never know, like, you've got time on your side, it's not like, you're still young. You can't yeah.
2: replicate that, can you? No. You cannot,
3: you just can't. Mm. But we'll have another Crouchfest, anyway. <laughs>
2: well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, you've, you've literally got, like, you Can own, I come to that one? <laughs> got, yeah, you, yeah. You're, you're a presenter. You've got your own sort of show, TV show. You've got your own pod. Are you going to walk the lads out for the FA Cup final? Is, is that what's missing, just hey, Part of the royal do you know family.
3: What, honestly, like, everything I'm doing now, um, like, I'm doing, if, if it's fun, I'm doing it. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, I'm not, I'm not looking at any other, there's no path, do you yeah. know what I mean? Where, I feel that sometimes you just got to go with what you what you enjoy doing and I, I enjoyed playing football um, and I thank God I had the career I did and then now i'm just i'm literally doing what, what I feel like is is fun and, 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 and i 'm staying involved in football, which is nice you know going to the games and you know we work together doing, doing games and, um, and and with the all that kind of stuff, I just love doing it so I want to continue
1: to do it and we love you mate and this has been absolutely awesome so good brilliant Uh, thank you so much absolute pleasure top 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 man.
0: man what a guy and of course he was going to say Harry was his biggest influencer as a gaffer it was a treat to have him with us on lifting the lid on the official Emirates FA Cup podcast so a big thank you goes out to Crouchy next up it's another great guy but one who perhaps fell foul of a few off-pitch mistakes and the media label of bad boy. It's Jermaine Pennant, and we'll be talking about reputation. If you're enjoying lifting the lid on the official Emirates FA Cup podcast, please subscribe wherever you pod, and if you're able, leave us a five-star rating. It makes a difference to our reputation. See you next week.